And welcome back. We are back with another episode of Civil Discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. I am one of your hosts, Maurice Jones, here in the People's Republic of Texas. Um, that is somewhat free, freer than most, but not as free as I'd like it to be. Um, and with me, per usual, here more often than I am, is the Supreme Overlord of Liberty out there in the People's Republic of California, Amanda. Amanda, how's it going today? It's it's going all right. How how was your um how was your January sixth? How did you ah. commemorate <laughs> the day? Commemorate the day of uh of the 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 famous words of Eric Eric D July Cowabunga it is like <laughs> oh man and I was I to the so I of course I'm a teacher so I was teaching and. We have these. We have to do these things, bell ringers, every single day, because the 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 school in which I in which I teach is not very um, academically meeting the standards that they need to be. So mm-hmm. so we 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 typically do a lot of things, and I love it because I'm like, man, I get to add in a little bit of history yeah. every single morning before class starts because it has to be geared towards a specific test. So I throw in I throw in stuff, and and we'll say so. Like the other the other day, I had. Like Teddy Roosevelt and John Muir up there, and I was like, "There was oh, that's Teddy Roosevelt," and I was like, "Oh yeah, the 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 Roosevelt that I like more than the other one." Like like just things like that, just kind of little nuggets of things here and there, and then and then I think Friday we had a thing of Woodrow Wilson, and you know I was like, "Is that is you know." I, I feel like he's a president. He seems, he seems like he's a nice guy. I was like, oh no, that guy is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> he's really dear. Yeah, I have a shirt that says, I still blame Wilson. And I do. <laughs> Enemy of the people, Woodrow Wilson. Right. So, um, and 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 I remember changing the date. I was like, oh, today's January 6th. Like, oh, I wonder if anybody's going to mention anything about what happened last year. And of course, these are freshmen to senior. So, Nobody really says anything. I try to keep politics to a very minimum unless they blatantly ask like certain thoughts or whatnot. So I'm like, oh, you know, it is what it is. But but how was your January 6th? I, I saw the I saw a flag at half mass today and I was just like, please don't tell me that this has anything to do with January 6th is why flags are are, are, are at half right now or half staff. But I was like, uh, I'm not not too sure. But how was your January 6th? Do anything special? You didn't go storming uh, any Capitol buildings or anything. I think I put together a puzzle and watched RuPaul's Drag Race. So, <laughs> which, by the way, I highly recommend. Um, but yeah, I it's. I think I posted this. It's a a day that will live in hyperbole. Um, I truly, and I, I mean, love so that. I, I I grew up in D.C. and I honestly last year was probably more shaken up than a lot of a lot of the people that I, that I was talking to just because like, it's, it's your, it's your home. And right. it's, it's kind of like the first time that you get a major injury and bleed where you're like, Oh my gosh, my body's so fragile. But at the same time you realize actually the body's incredible at healing and incredibly strong mm-hmm. and, and resilient. And so there's these two different perspectives that you can take on our democracy with that regard as well. But I, I was, you know, that day, it was just jarring. Um, mm. At the same time, the more people began to just, I think the double standards around January 6th versus 
other really brutal incidents over the summer. Right. Um, and, and the, just the justifications or lack thereof for the discrepancy was irksome to me so that, you know, it's, it was a weird day. And yet this, <laughs> this year when it, when the anniversary came around, it's just, you know, you hear Kamala Harris's speech and you're like, please, it's not, it's not Pearl Harbor. It's right. not nine 11. You know, it just, it simply isn't. Um, so it, it, you know, it was, it was what it was. Um, I, I don't remember doing anything particularly flash. Well, aside from RuPaul's Drag Race, I, I, right. I don't re- recall doing anything to, to commemorate it. No. Ooh, uh, but the, yeah, that's a perfect example of how, you, of how you kind of turn someone away from a sentiment that they're legitimately experiencing just by hyperbolizing the event. Mm. So. It was it, it was crazy because so when when everything went down, of course, I was I was I wouldn't say I was at the height of my like political like apathy. But because um, I feel like I get more and more apathetic as time progresses to politics, um, go figure. And here we are. We have a podcast talking about stuff that's happening in the world and the political <laughs> sphere and so forth. Well, but well, nonetheless, no, it is. Um, it was it, it was very interesting because I just finished listening to a, to one podcast, getting ready to start another one. And uh, I was getting ready because the live show for Good Morning Liberty was getting ready to come on. So I was like, oh, like, OK. And we um, and and I look on Facebook and I just see as Eric July posted, he literally posted Cowabunga it is. And I was just like, what? Like, like what's going on? Right. And then I go and look and I was just like, oh, my gosh, there were people literally at the time. I was like, oh, my gosh, there were people storming the Capitol. Like part of me and my anarchist, like my ANCAP mind was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. Like, here we go. And then part of me is like what are we doing storming the Capitol? This has got to be the stupidest thing that I've ever heard in my entire life. And then when, when more and more details began to began to come up and it's just like, a, okay, I, I literally see people um, who were moving gates and opening gates to allow people to come in. And then I'm like, okay. And then I, and then I see like video footage of people like, walking in like single file line you know exactly like not disturbing the ropes like okay and then and then you know i see a couple people you know like the guy with the i think he had had like 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 the viking like the viking hat on or the guy with with whatever animal thing those guys like i saw those those guys taking pictures and i was just like hmm then i see somebody kicking their feet up as as i like to say uh, January sixth, the day where people kick their feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, like uh, you know, I I see people doing that, and I'm like, maybe this wasn't as uh, as as severe as people were making it out to be. But I did post on my Facebook to spark a lot of interest and um, and conversation because I am the pot stir of America. Because I love to just ask, I love to ask thought provoking questions, most of which I know the answer to. Um, I just, I'm just curious as to why people think the way they are. And I posed the question. I said, so those of you who are opposed to what happened today um, at the, at the Capitol, why would you support what happened over the summer and then not support what happened today? And of course they came out with their reasons of 
it's an attack on our democracy. And I was like, oh, well, that's great to me. But of course, I didn't say that in the comics, in the, in the comments, comics, in the it's comments. Yeah. Um, but it was more of like, it was a threat to our democracy. They're literally attacking people. And, and, and my response to them was, well, for me as a libertarian, um, I am, I very much, you know, first I don't hurt people and don't take their stuff. If you feel like somebody is aggressing upon you, you can use force to fight them back. And, and, and whether I, I'm not defending the people on January 6th, I think that was 100% idiotic. I don't think it was a smart decision at all um, for them to do anything as far as what they did. But my thought process and, and explained to them, I was like, well, they really feel like they've been wronged. They felt like they've been wronged and they, and they at least took it to the people who they feel like wronged them. Like if, at least they are going to the people who are causing in their view, what the harm actually is, as opposed to what was happening over summer, you were just out there just to be out there and destroying businesses that have no, that have no type of, um, in, in, in everybody's view that actually that have no skin in the game when it comes to, what we view as police brutality, when it comes to the whole George Floyd, when it comes to Breonna Taylor and those, those names, they didn't have, they, they had no type of um, a dictation or whatever you want to say. They, they didn't have anything to do with all of that. And but you're still burning those businesses. Auto parts stores are pretty racist. You I know what you're probably right. Cause every time I go in there, I only see a bunch of, People who are of of European descent mm-hmm. in there being able to because maybe maybe working on your car is, is 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 for people who are of the Caucasian ethnicity. Don't be. know. I don't see anybody else in those all part stores. Um, maybe because I don't see myself because I can't see myself. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I just it I, and it really sparked a, a sparked a huge conversation in my comments. People just going back and forth, and somebody was like. I can't believe somebody who loves history so much would even do this and blah, 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 and defend what they're doing. I was like, I have not once defended what they're doing. Um, I'm just curious as to why you're defending the government um, or, or why you were defending people over the summer versus people today. And I'm just curious of that. And then that's when, when I had the great Nate Thurston comments on very first time he ever commented on one of my statuses. I was like, <gasps> Oh my gosh, he's commented. He commented and just came in and did it, did it, did it, and you know, lit everybody up. And he was like, I'm sorry for the almighty gov because we have to defend them because they can do no wrong and they can do no harm, kind of thing. And it was it was quite interesting. It was a very interesting January 6th. I'm like, huh. Hmm. See, I thought you were gonna go full and cap and, and reply to them, well, Congress is an attack on our democracy. So there. I I knew that wouldn't because I, I knew the person who was commenting back, and so I knew that would not go well yeah, over no. with them because they are very much like I don't want to say they're leftist, but they are very much like pro government, pro state in every aspect of it. And the and I'm like, and I'm of course I'm very anti state, and so I wanted I wanted to say these are people literally hiding on their hiding under their desk and they're sending people to war, um, you know when there was. They say it was an armed insurrection, but I don't remember. I don't. I don't see any videos, evidence of, and I could be wrong. I've, I'm not saying that people that were there were not armed, but I feel like if there were people who were armed, there'd be more and more and more and more and more pictures of it out there everywhere, and the Fed boys would be all over it, um, as opposed to them covering specific things up and 
and having to and I mean because even even the the fact where they were saying oh well so it was deadly because people died and it was just like well one the one person who died was actually um, was actually shot by the police um, at the time and then the other people who died were were aftermaths and you I guess the whole correlation causation type thing was like ah you know somebody had a stroke. Well, was that really because of the January 6th or was it because maybe they were unhealthy or I mean, so th- there's a lot of different things surrounding this where I'm just like, some of these things don't really line up, but I would, I wouldn't call it an insurrection. I wouldn't call these people terrorists. I would call these people stupid um, yeah. or ignorance and not being able, and they should have addressed their grievances very differently, um, in my opinion. Because if you're going to be, if you're going to do some sort of insurrection, this is, this is definitely not a blueprint on how to do it. I'm just throwing that out there. Right. And I mean, I get how if you are, and this is something that I might never say again, I understand (laughs) how it might have been very frightening for someone, well, Ocasio-Cortez wasn't in the building, but he was named as a target. And I can understand how their um, I, I, the thing that I thought that I was never going to say again was I can understand how Alexandria Ocasio Cortez blank. I, I can understand <laughs> how people who were there or who were named as a target would really feel terrified. I mean, it's for it's, sure. It's it's scary when you when you've got people like building nooses and I mean a bunch of people. You know, it, it's it's all cosplay. Like all these people right. had just been like locked inside and they were just going to cosplay at at right. the White House. And I think that's honestly what a lot of Antifa folks do too. For um, sure. But you know. At, I would just leave it to the people who were who were there to to sort of share their experiences rather than capitalizing it capitalizing on it or trying to say all Trump supporters or all people who are X Y or Z are affiliated with this insurrection terrorist right. attack next pearl harbor pearl right. harbor and 9-11 having a baby I, you know yeah so it was um but it was bizarre and i uh yeah i uh i recall for whatever reason i was listening to the radio that morning which like i never do and mm. yeah they they had they were i was listening to it live and i was like what the heck is going on <laughs> yeah, you know it's shaken up for sure right I I remember my my older sister called me. She's like, "What are your thoughts on this?" Because I yeah. know you've got something to say. And I was just like, "I'll wait till I get off and I get home. That way I can speak. I can speak accordingly." And of course, my my wife was very. Th- this is when my wife realized that I was crazy because <laughs> because I was I was very indifferent. Like it like I wasn't. Um, I I didn't. Me personally, like, I didn't think it was a sad. I was like, it's a sad day in American history. Like, it's an attack on our democracy, and like, like that was not my my mindset at all. Like, a part of me was just like, man, n- not that I hope this thing crumbles um, under the sense of society, but like, like I was thinking, like, this could be the start of a, for me, in my mindset, a beautiful breakup of what is the current United States. Like, like that's what I was thinking. Like, oh my gosh, this could be the start of something special. Like almost <laughs> like the start of something new, you know, like, like, I mean, almost high school musical esque 
theme song, you know? Like, for real, I was literally thinking that. And my wife was like, you're nuts. Like, I can't believe that you would just, that you would take joy in it. I was like, no, I'm not taking joy in this. I, I'm seeing like, okay, this could be maybe a light bulb moment for a lot of people saying, hey, we cannot get along in a lot of things that we do. So maybe it's best that we go our separate ways. We find some pack to protect uh, protect ourselves in a in a grand scheme of things. But you run your country the way that you want to. We'll run it the way that we want to, and we will be mutual. Agree. We have mutual agreements on defense and mutual agreements on a set of, I mean, currency or whatever you want to do or trade. Like that's what I was thinking. I was like, oh man, a lot can come from that. Now it didn't, and that was my me and me and my wishful thinking. But I was like, oh, you know what? Maybe. So she thought she was like, at that point, she called me crazy, and I was like, okay. Just don't divorce me over this, please. Well, these things are slow to evolve. Well, yeah, no, no you want the country to divorce, but you don't want your wife. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because we get along. We get along. They don't. This is, we get along. Until you start with your crazy radical secessionist ideals. No, well, and, you know, we, we have, we kind of have a, a slower news week anyhow. So I kind of, I want to get into this a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. So is your uh, secessionist paradise, is that kind of structured like articles of confederation meets european union or are you thinking of it like that only it's on the state level not country um close to it um i i i wouldn't necessarily say it's like it's it's european union in the sense of how um difficult it is to navigate through 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 those specific waters as far as like because when you see the, the uk actually trying to leave and how right. difficult it is for them to leave and, and how difficult other countries are making it i don't want it to be in that sense but i want it to be if if, if you can marry those two together and and hey like you know we are we are smaller states literally binding together for a national defense then then i'm 100 for that if 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 it's a Hey, you guys are a state. We're a state. You guys can navigate however you want to, but we can have the same, the same established currency, so everybody can still use the U.S. dollar. That's fine. Like, you, I mean, because if if our if the Fed really is a private entity, then the breaking up of the U. I'm, I mean, for real, if no, the Fed is a private entity, in a private phone book. Right. The the breaking up of the US should have no bearing on them at all. Yeah. It shouldn't. Yeah. But I mean, go figure. I know it will. Um, but I mean so, so there there could be um a, a lot of it. so if, if I could have the, the EU with less authority um over you know and and and, and within the articles of confederation that would be that would be good. I don't know if it would be ideal because I don't know how that would work. Yeah. But um, there are people who are way smarter than me that can that can do those things. But I, that would be a, a good concept, a good a good place to start, at least in my opinion. Yeah. No. I I, I can I can dig the general concept of just a return mm-hmm. to old school style federalism because I you know you you brought up where different states do their own different things, and indeed. You know, there's there's this idea of states being laboratories of democracy, right? Where states just try something, try different things. In California, People's Republic doing its crazy thing has even proposed a doubling taxes so that it can pay for Medicare for all. So the worst of every single world. 
Uh, I want to be long <laughs> gone by the time that happens. But you know what? They should try it after I leave right. because then we can all see that it doesn't work, or maybe it does. But we will we will know. We'll have that experiment. Right. Um, so yeah, and, I, and you would even have like the concept of of others. Like it's it's not necessarily this this thing of seclusion where if somebody is suffering, we can't reach out and help them out because um, almost it's the same way the EU like Greece is slowly starting to come back up, but they are like completely under fire with, with how their economy is structured and and so forth. And, and and I haven't looked over the past past couple of years, but I imagine it's probably tanked again since covid. Um, but that country for a long while was was being supported by the eu oh, yeah. because of because of what their currency was doing i mean it was like their interest rates at some point at at, at certain points were at like 46 47% um i mean so it's they they were in in complete shambles and so um but they were getting assistance from the eu because they're like hey you know you guys are our brother we want to take care of you guys so but those those countries were making those decisions with with the people in them um and and if the U.S. were to do something like that, to where they could say, "Hey, you know what? Let's hey the people of Texas. We say, hey, even though we don't like the People's Republic of California, and we always say, don't California my Texas, and so forth. Um, we don't want to see them die. So we want to provide them aid, whether it's economic relief or whether it's you know you know actually physical goods or or so forth. You would still have that same level of camaraderie even though that even though certain people want to see I, I firmly believe certain people want to see certain people die i don't think that most humans will react in that way um partly because we're there are over um six billion seven billion people on this earth and if everybody wanted to see everybody die we wouldn't have this many people there the the united states wouldn't have even come together and have 330 million people mm-hmm. and so forth so mm-hmm. i truly think that we could operate under that mantra of, hey, you guys do what you guys want to do. We will do what we want to do. And then when it comes to helping each other out, we will we will we will help each other out. Cause I I believe in humans and I believe humans will do the best, do whatever they can to actually survive. And survive you survive in groups, you don't survive by yourself. Yeah, but who keeps the nukes? I'm just I'm coming back to that now. Cause I feel like the the, the state that has I Okay, for me, it always comes back to the nukes. It's it's that's going to be the theme, and we're learning this about me. I'm learning this about myself. I didn't know this like six months ago, but now it all comes back to the nukes. Because whoever has the nukes, I feel like can uh, can can sort of you know play cat and mouse with with the other states. But uh, you know, very true. I you know what? As long as I can have my own nuke, I'm fine. That's <laughs> yeah. As long as I can have nukes. I'm fine. And, and and I know that there's a long debate about libertarians and nukes. And if 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 owning a nuclear weapon is a violation of the NAP and so forth because of the effects of it and and what it actually does and so forth. I get it. But I'm on the mindset of, well, if a government can have it, then let me have it, too. Well, I just want my own Iron Dome. That's the other thing that I I've been standing for that for a while. I just everyone should have an Iron Dome. Exactly. Everybody should have one. Ooh, excuse me. Sorry. But um, all about I, I love that the flow of that conversation from January 6th to Articles of Federation in the EU and, and how secession would, would look and would work. And, and I'm not even high. I mean, that was just, yeah, 
that is amazing. We're like, man, I, what was I? I was reading something the other day because people always talk about how Texas is different because because Texas is different because of how it actually entered into the United States. And a lot of people don't know this, um, that Texas was actually entered through treaty as opposed to um, every every other state that was all kinds of like, hey, we now conquer this land, so we own it. And Texas is the only state that can raise its flag as high as the United States flag. Ooh. Yes, like yeah, we'll take it. Oh, that's um, so shady. And that. so, so Texas is the only state that can do that. And Texas can actually be split up into four separate states as well. Um, so it's 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 this great this great it's, understanding of like man, like Texas, and I mean because it's it's crazy. So when when people talk, I've always wondered if other states have their own like state history like illinois state history california state history right and and if they do what does that look like because texas history is almost completely different it has nothing to do with the start of the u.s like mm. we don't even we don't even start there it's always a it's 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 always it's sort of like the 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 aztecs and the mayans and then we go from there up and and, and then how they've kind of moved up through and then Talk about the you know the Spanish Inquisition, and then we just talk about that and just the the Six Flags. If, if people have heard of Six Flags, that's because it originated in Texas, oh. and the Six Flags that have reigned over Texas prior to them being in the U.S. Like that's that's where all this stuff comes from. Yeah, I love this. I feel so stupid right now. This is amazing. You are thank. This is this is so cool. I'm getting this a history a, lesson. Brief Texas history, like I mean, so it, it's 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 so much fun. It it um it's like to the points where growing up, we literally had an entire school year devoted to Texas history. Like it was it it, it was a big thing. So my entire seventh grade year, we learned nothing about Texas history, the Alamo, all that stuff, Davy Crockett, you know, um, all all of that fun stuff, and 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 then even to the you know, it was the we've had presidents of the state of Texas or the, the country, the people's Republic of Texas, which is the actual, was the name of it prior to becoming Texas ah. and how large it was and so forth. I mean, it was, it was, it's pretty interesting. I'm like, huh? Okay. Texas history, that's everything up until 1845, we were on our own. So like, I love it. I love it. Yeah. That's uh, one, one of these days I might tell the, the story cause you were talking about your history and I might tell the story of my uh, extremely problematic civil war unit that we did in fourth grade. Oh. which, Ended with a water balloon fight. Um, okay, I can tell it now. Yes, I, go I, I ahead. Like this is content, ladies and gentlemen. This is content. <laughs> so, um, I so I grew up. I grew up in a liberal area, but this just shows you how try try to imagine this happening in a public school today. Imagine the New York Times articles. Mm. So, when I was in fourth grade. My elementary school had a civil war unit and what we did to like get into it was the teacher divided the class. They put a, um, a kind of like a duct tape across the classroom and that was the Mason Dixon line. And no, it's going to get worse before it gets worse. <laughs> so the Mason Dixon line and then we had, because um, like in elementary school, we had various clusters of desks, like little tables of desks. That right. were 
And uh, we would rotate those every week so that um, we would all have turns being on the north and on the south. <laughs> and so this our, is gold. Our, our, our tables got points. That was just a thing that we did all throughout the year is like, you know, mm-hmm. you work together, you get points. The, the table with the most points gets like a Jolly Rancher at the end of the week. So we, we did that too. And, but it, instead of it being table by table, you were getting points for your side of the Mason-Dixon line. So you were working to earn points for the Union and points for the Confederacy. By the way, I just want to defend myself here. Nine-year-old Amanda, all throughout this, is just like, this is not, this is weird. I'm just, this is very, (laughs) I'm not comfortable with this. And in fact, what I did is I decided that I was going to be a, uh, a saboteur every time that I was moved to the Confederate side. I just misbehaved <laughs> all week. I'm not making this up. I just, I would like do all kinds of stuff. I'd talk in class. I would, you know, you know break little petty rules. I'd come right. in from recess late because I didn't want the Confederacy to win because I don't like the Confederacy. <laughs> um, and so again, this all culminates and a Civil War water balloon fight. So the final week of the of the unit, we had a day where those of us who had been on uh, during that week, we, those of us who'd been on the Union side were going to wear blue. Those of us who'd been on the Confederate side were going to wear gray. My teacher by that point had realized was I what I was up to and was just putting me on the Union side constantly. So I was you know I was rocking my blues, and. We went down to the field, and instead of firing guns, we just had a water balloon fight. And if the water balloon hit you dead on, you were dead. And so you had to (laughs) – I'm not making this up. If it hit you dead on, you were dead. And so you were out, and you had to, like, go and sit down on the hill. But if you just had water splash on you, you walked by the the teacher who was also refereeing and say – you'd say casualty – which meant you were wounded, but you could still fight. And the teacher would like tick off how many casualties and how many deaths. <laughs> this is gold. It was a war of attrition. And just like whomever had killed the most people with water balloons and caused the most casualties won. Um, the union won. Oh, goodness. Whew. Thank God. Oh, <laughs> so that's, that's why we don't have slavery is because of uh, wow. my fourth grade class. Wow. This was wow. not long ago. I just want to reiterate, I'm not 60. Wow. This was in the I, liberal that, area. I'm sorry, go on. No, 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 no. You're perfectly fine. Um, that reminds me of something that we did something similar, but ours was more centered around the American Revolution and not the Civil War. Ooh. So we were the loyalists and the patriots. Like, So we were kind of going back and forth. Or whatnot, and this is where I realized that Patrick Henry is probably one of my one of my my favorite founding fathers because yeah. he's like literally like I don't take any, anything from anybody, like very much outspoken kind of guy. Long story short, we we had a, we actually had like a debate um, between the loyalists and the patriots and so forth, and and me and my buddy Bo before before we went into class, we said, "Hey, look, I'm because I want to say I think he was like John Adams or somebody." And I told him, I was like, look, I want you to hold me back because we're going to plan out like I'm about to fight oh, for everything great. that I've got or whatnot. So it was like, let's hear from Patrick. Henry. So I got up and I just started giving my speech and, 
this, that, the other. And then I started charging towards the other side and he hops up out of his desk and grabs me and holds me back. And I'm just like, you guys, blah, 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 just pointing in my face. You literally yelling at him, just going crazy. And they're yelling at me. We're just going nuts. And my teacher's like, I don't know what just happened here or whatnot. So she calms us down and we're just like, we're just joking. We're just joking, Mrs. Butler. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Like everybody was in on it. It was so much fun. But hey, whatever they did in elementary schools, um, they were they had to be very creative to uh, to teach us that stuff. But at least ours wasn't based around the Civil War, and uh, mm, uh, and yeah, I, I cannot imagine being 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 me and having saying, "Hey, uh, Mr. Jones, you're going to be south of the Mason Dixon line, so you're going to be." Earning your team points for, yeah, mm, can't do it. Well, Couldn't do it. I'd, yeah. I'd, have done, I'd have done what you did. Yeah, just sabotage. I'd have been a Benedict Arnold. There we go. Easily. <laughs> of the Civil Easily. War. <laughs> so all of that, um, uh, personal stories. I know you guys are having fun with us today because I know we are having fun. This is a blast. This is a blast. But uh, Amanda mentioned something. Um, again, I know we talked about it last week. And a little bit this week about this whole Omicron stuff, because it is still out there. I know some people who have actually gotten sick from it. Um, hopefully they have a good speedy recovery. I don't know. I don't know which variants they have. They could have Omicron. They could have the original. They could have Delta. They could have the new Delta, Crown. new whatever it's called. I don't know. Um, but that being said, um, uh, Amanda mentioned something in the show notes about UCLA. Because we talked about it last week, and UCLA is doing is doing some some more shenanigans or continued shenanigans, I should say. Man, what's going on over there? Yeah. You gotta let us know. It's it's just two weeks to flatten the curve, and then it was it's two more weeks to flatten the curve. Seriously, it's they're doing it by two weeks. I'm like, you guys, you don't have any original ideas. It's just very you know, biofascism needs some creativity. Is all I'm saying. Um, so yeah, initially uh, UCLA had uh, delayed the in-person start of the quarter, which is to say the start of the quarter, um, delayed it uh, by two weeks. And then we're about to hit that two week mark, I guess on, um, uh, well, not quite uh, Monday, but um, we are now, they've now extended it to the end of the month as they were had to do based on their decision matrix, which again is completely case-based and dumb when your student body, I'm not afraid to say this, your student body is 97% vaccinated. Okay. You've got 97% vaccinated students. And I cannot stress this enough. You have undergraduates who are a lot of them first generation, a lot of them have never met their professors in person or they just did mm. for one quarter. Or no, wait, mm. actually, if they were taking big uh, lectures, they didn't even do that because uh, big lectures for undergraduates were remote last quarter as well, which is a, an atrocity. And it's something that I, I, I care deeply about undergraduates and the undergraduate experience because it was so formative to my decision to get into academia. And I certainly wouldn't have made that decision if I had not had a great relationship with one particular professor. Right. Um, and that was, that was in person. Um, so you've got, you've got these students, undergrads in particular, who are housing insecure, who are internet insecure, who, you know, don't have a reliable internet connection. And, are 
you know, this is in, in a true sense, this is an equity issue. It is a it is a crisis of equity. And the fact that you can have people for whom it is convenient to sit and teach on Zoom or think that they're teaching on Zoom, uh, the fact that you have some people who have the luxury of it not really mattering whether they're taking classes uh, in person or online, that right. should not obscure the fact that there are people who are at this school for a true intellectual experience, who want a seminar to be a community, and right. that doesn't happen on a two-dimensional screen. It just doesn't, and it is it is so so deeply troubling to me because it suggests that, and UCLA is a great school. It's a state mm-hmm. school, but it is the best public school for undergraduates in the country. It is one of the top 10 graduate programs in political science in the country. And the fact that I feel like there's a disregard for so many of the things that give UCLA that reputation Right. Just for the sake of administrators who aren't on the ground, who don't know uh, what's going on and who uh, and also for, for TAs, I think there, yeah. I, there are several. I mean, there are some of my classmates who who don't mind it, uh, but I have other classmates whom I know for a fact are really struggling with in-person teaching, especially when a lot of times TAs do shoulder the burden of, of mm-hmm. most of the teaching in large seminars. Right. Uh, so that's. Uh, <laughs> My my uh, adventures uh, with that continue. <laughs> so, adventures of UCLA. I didn't realize UCLA's undergraduate program was 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 that was that good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I I had a feeling it was good, but I mean, because I, I I I I'll say this as much as I don't like the People's Republic of California, they have some good universities they in do. California. Yeah. Like I I mean, I'm just, just being real. I mean, yeah. they, they I've 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 always wanted I've always wanted to go to Stanford. And I was always like, uh, I mean, up until here recently, like Cal Berkeley was my, oh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, like, let's go, yeah. let's go. But, but then, but then, I, but then here, here lately, they've been real, I've really just been like, nah, ain't nobody going no cap. Like, sorry. That, yeah. I mean, and, and, but, but, but I, I understand the frustration. I really do. I will say I am, I, I do have the privilege of working at a school district that is, that has said, we are not going virtual. We realize how how difficult that is for teachers. We realize how difficult that is for students um, as far as the, the learning is concerned, um, as far as the the ability for students to actually get online and view what they need to right, view. Right. Uh, it's is is very difficult. Um and, and of course for 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 UCLA it's it's slightly different because these are these are you could say that these are adults considered adults most of them because they're 18 years old and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so forth and and you would assume like oh well maybe some of them live on campus or or some of the, it's you 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 would make assumptions which are right. horrible to do because you don't realize i never realized how many people in my local area do not have internet yeah like i i i did not realize how many people how many students that i actually teach that don't actually have a phone. I mean, it's when when you think about the concept of of oh well everybody's everybody's connected to the internet today is you know the internet of things like everybody's got everybody's got to be connected in some some form or fashion. 
And then it's and then, you know, I mean, because even even our school district was like, hey, you know, everybody's getting a Chromebook at the beginning of the year. Now, however you feel about Chromebooks is, is different. But I mean, I don't like them. <laughs> but that being said, um, everybody, everybody received one. And so everybody's should have. And, and so that we when I when I first started, I, oper- I operated under the notion of, hey, everybody should have some sort of access to get what I t- what I post online anytime that they want. And then I'm like. And then, and then I took me a couple of weeks. I was like, no, everybody doesn't have that luxury because some of these kids do not have internet at home. Some of these kids don't even have parents at home, Yeah, you know? And so, and so I've, and so this is actually opened my eyes and understanding like not everybody can be, can sit in front, has the luxury of being able to sit in front of a zoom and be able to understand what's going on. Um, reading facial cues is very important in teaching. Yeah. Um, reading. Uh, under reading the eyes of a person. So me being in front of us, in front of a group of 30 students and being able to look at students across the room in the eye as I'm teaching and saying things and just reading and being able to say like, okay, that person has a glazed over look in their eyes. They have no idea what I'm talking about. Let me, let me expand on what I'm talking about and let me say it in a different, in a different way. So, so the light bulb can click for them. And it does when you're on a zoom call there, are, if there are 30 boxes, I'm not looking at all 30 boxes. Some of them probably don't even have their camera on. They probably just have mm-hmm. a picture up there because right. they may be sleep and they may step away or whatever the case may be. And so it's when when you do those things and w- when people who make those decisions don't understand how it's really affecting the people um cuz they cuz they don't have any skin in the game it really does i mean it it really does uh uh it it, it hurts those who actually need the help right and it and it, 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 and i can imagine it be su- it, it, i can imagine it being super frustrating well and the, the administrators they have skin in a different game like that that's right. what, that's a fr- that's what's frustrating is right. that it's not the game it's not the game they they should in which they should have skin. That sounded right. strange, but the point. <laughs> no, I, that it, it's it's true. And I mean, even I will will turn off my uh, my mo- or my uh, my camera when I'm in a Zoom seminar because I take notes on my computer and I don't want everyone to like be looking at some weird angle of me. Just yeah, it's it's strange. And this isn't a feathers and beads thing. This this is this is kind of established people there is some there is non-verbal sort of energy-based communication that you do get this isn't the scientific term but you get vibes from people yes and i am a big believer in vibe-based communication um vibe-based communication is just not present when you are talking to boxes on a computer screen Mm. um and it, it really is a lot of my heartbreak does uh, does have to do with undergrads. Maybe that's wrong because I'm not an undergrad and I shouldn't try to speak for their experience. Um, but you know, it. I, I'm. I also have heartbreak for myself. But again, uh, it's a lot of these are. I'm just thinking about all the missed opportunities, all the unknown mm. costs that you've got. You know, academia is losing its own. You've got students that, because of this, will never go into grad school and maybe could have been an amazing researcher, an incredible scientist, right. or doctor, or what have you. Right. Um, yeah, I. Um, I was also reading. <laughs> it's funny. I, kind of darkly humorous. I was, I was reading a Reason article where they were listing all of these various 
uh, university uh, COVID policies, all of these places that have closed. And literally every uh, PhD program that I can seriously considered was on that list. <laughs> and I'm like, you'd be screwed anywhere, sweetheart. Anywhere you wanted to go is doing this. Anywhere you yeah. looked at, toured, whatever, they're doing it. So, yeah. Yep. Like it's, I, and I, I've, even from a, if you look at it from, from a, a fact of that schools know that most people don't do learning online very yeah. well, mainly because they don't offer a whole lot of online courses. Um, if, if you, if you go to a big university, most of, most of, and when I say most, I mean, majority, I mean, it could be 60, 70% of the offerings are always on campus. They may have a few sprinkled in that, that are, Hey, we have an online course. We have an online course. There's a reason why a lot of students want do not want to get their um their degree from university of phoenix outside of the understanding of and i'm not knocking university of phoenix at all um but there's a reason why people want to go in person because most people learn better in person when they're able to actually raise their hand and ask a question and i mean because there you got your strayer universities you got your there's like a national american university all of these other online degrees there is a reason why employers look at those very differently because maybe you can skate your way through an online degree and maybe you don't learn as much. You don't develop the knowledge that you need for specific jobs. And again, I'm not knocking online degrees at all. I took, I took a bunch of online classes when I, um, when, in my undergrad and in graduate school. So I understand the difference. I can tell you, I definitely felt more value in when when I was able to actually go in class and actually understand and see my professor and talk to them. Part of the reason why I got into finance was because of my my finance professor in my master's program. Yeah. So being able to sit with him and talk with him and have discussions on why the value of a car when I pay cash for it is actually worth more is, you know, I actually pay more than what the sticker price would be if I'm paying so forth and, and all those kind of things, which is, it's different discussion, but those are the reasons why, because I was able to see the passion that he had. There's a reason why Mike, he introduced you to, to introduce me to the movie, the big short, which is how the housing bubble of 2008 and why it crashed and so forth. Like it's a great movie and it's based off of a book. That's great. And all of that helped me develop my love for economics, my love for finance, my love to to understand numbers and why certain why things are the way they are. And if I did those things online, I probably would just be like, eh, whatever. It's just a little check bar, check box, check, check it off, check it off, check it off. And schools know this, which is why they don't offer everything online, which yeah. is why at some point they're like, we got to get these students back in that if if they thought if UCLA and all these other universities thought that online education was the best. They would just say for the rest of the, for the, for the rest of the time that we are here, you can be online and that's it. Right. Like, that's what they would do. But they know like, ah, uh, that's going to affect us in specific ways. Maybe our enrollment will drop because people, because people won't be able to come in and, and actually see their professors on face to face. Or, you know, maybe we won't be able to have the, the, um, the right resources and maybe some boosters will drop off and we'll, we'll lose all of this funding because uh, 
people people wouldn't want to come here anymore because because of that fact of hey i can't physically go see and have the experience of talking to a person face to face and learning from that person face to face well in in exam and your your rankings drop too eventually like the only reason each of these schools can do this and and feels empowered to do this at least you know the these major schools is because the other top 10 schools are doing it so again, if you have prestige and you can ride on that prestige for a little while, you're like, okay, well, Yale's doing it, Chicago's doing it, uh, Cornell's doing it. I guess we'll do it because you know there's, you know, our, we're all in the same boat. We're we're not right. gonna we're we're all compromising the learning of our students in the same way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how are you gonna have a civil war water balloon fight online? That's <laughs> that's my main question. That's my concern. All of these children not knowing what it means to get splashed and have to go and report a casualty to your teacher. Exactly. Casualty, my arm. Yeah. My leg. Yeah. So did you guys like, so if you got hit in the leg, did you have to hop around? I mean, again, because it's fourth grade. So we had some very theatrical people, myself included. So yeah, but I was always good. I was, I was like, I was the queen of the dodge part of dodgeball. It would just be me right. and against. So I was always very good at dodging the water balloons. So I survived. That's me. always good. That yeah. is always good. I love it. I love it. Um, let's. So, do we want to update on Austria's yeah. regime? Just j- just a brief, a brief. Yeah. thing. we can talk about the 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 false the falsifications of of a hundred thousand children being on ventilators and. And all that stuff. We can talk about that on on our next episode. We can of do a the great many things and um, whatnot. Yeah, although I will say that it, again, it points to just how unjustified all of these all of these closures are. But when you have a Supreme Court justice telling you that one hundred thousand children are on ventilators, uh, then I can see why you might feel compelled to make bad decisions. So yes, um, <laughs> as as we reported a little while ago, uh, Austria is planning. Um, not Australia, uh, but Austria too is joining the uh, biofascist trend. Um, so we had reported that Austria was was working on a mandatory vaccine policy, uh, and I had said I don't really know how this is going to work. I don't know how they're going to actually force vaccination. Is it going to be like a uh, a job thing, or or how? What's what are the carrots? What's are, what are the sticks? So really, no carrots, ladies and gentlemen, but. Um, you know, just, just, just sticks, <laughs> sticks in your arm and sticks if you don't get the sticks. So, uh, the plan, this, by the way, is from a sub stack, um, uh, that is, um, Eugippius, a plague chronicle. Um, so the plan is for local authorities to summon the recalcitrant to vaccination appointments. Those who don't accept these binding invitations will receive a second summons and further refusal will result in a fine of 3,600 euros or four weeks of incarceration. Repeated refusals, that's if you do it once. Repeated refusals could result in a doubling of the fine to 7,200 euros. I assume uh, increased incarceration is also part of that plan. Um, Higher fines, higher fines can also be imposed if the refusal to accept vaccination is deemed to cause a serious danger to someone's life or health. Once again, 
this doesn't have to be limited to vaccination. If, if the government decides that anything that you are doing or not doing is causing a serious danger to your or others' life or health, uh, this, again, gives them the authority. This, this gives people authority to really extend these powers to such a place that it's, it's, it's really completely insane. And again, if, if you want to apply this, to, if you, if you want to think about people taking this logic to abortion, for instance, you know, finding people, as I think your, your great state of Texas has, has tried to do, uh, finding people for getting abortions, incarcerating them for getting abortions. Um, and by the way, this is envisioned to remain in force for at least three years, three years, which might be the amount of time that people will end up incarcerated. I don't know. Thoughts? Yo, your, your volume just dropped out. There we go. Sorry, I was <laughs> muted. Man. I was worried. Go figure. We're keeping that in too. I don't feel like editing that out. Um, and I haven't done too much research as far as a lot of international stuff it's, since all of this has come out. But like you were saying, if if the government can say, "Hey, this is this is this is for your health. This is because what you, your actions are deemed too dangerous um, to someone else's life or health, or to your own life or health." Um, like you were saying with the abortions and whatnot, um, they could say the same thing with food. Um, hey, McDonald's is deemed too dangerous for your health and you've been eating it too much. So we're checking on your bank statements. We're seeing how many times you eat there. And um, maybe we need to put you in jail for a little bit to, 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 cool, to cool off until you learn that stop eating McDonald's five times a week. Yeah. Um, and so it, it it is. I know people say y'all libertarians and y'all slippery slope. It's always a slippery slope. Yeah, it because is it is. <laughs> because it's always a slippery slope. Like I mean, w- w- the the moment you start giving people all kinds of power to rule over your life, they they will take it. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before. Um, if you give a mouse a cookie, that book is literally the prime example of if you give the government any power. If you give them any power, they, they'll come for something else and then they'll come for something else. And then it, it becomes this whole cycle of of things just starting to grow. And it's this is this is like very alarming. So like you refusing to get vaccinated will cost you thirty six hundred euros, which I'm I can't I don't know exchange rate off the top of my head. I'm that's probably close to five thousand dollars or it's, something like that. Yeah, I mean it might be slight, um, it might be more. But I would- yeah, like that—that's ridiculous. And then, or you're being locked up for four weeks oh, in jail. It's four thousand eighty-two dollars and seventy-six cents. So four thousand eighty-two dollars and seventy-six cents. Yeah, sorry. Continue. No, you know, you're fine. Because I was thinking, I was like, man, I should have been doing that while she was reading. Because I was literally thinking, no, what's sorry. the exchange rate for that one? Um, it may change tomorrow because of, because of the way that uh. Both countries can manipulate, or the EU and the US can manipulate their manipulate their value in the currency. So anyway, um, but uh, like just so being incarcerated for four weeks because you're refusing to get vaccinated against something that has been proven to not work. Like you got to help me understand this logic here. Well, yeah, it's been proven to to not 
to not prevent contracting the disease. It's it's show. It, I mean, as you know, I'm I'm doing ass covering right now. It's it's <laughs> you know it, it's it's shown to really dramatically reduce the likelihood of severe right. symptoms. But yes, again, this is a problem too that we you know we were there was a big lie, and the big lie was you're not going to get COVID if you get vaccinated. And then now we can have all these people crowing about how there's vaccine failure when in reality this it, you know it was communications failure and it could have been avoided yes but. for sure like hey this and if, if they had come out and straight up said hey these vaccines in the very beginning said these vaccines you're still able to get covid you're still able to transmit it this is just to um lessen the symptoms to make to to make it easier to bear then I'm like, okay, all right, cool. I probably still wouldn't get it, um, because m- mainly because I don't necessarily know long term effects of certain things, which is fine. Um, and, and if 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 people want it, I don't knock anybody who takes it. I know a lot of people who have taken it, and they are fully healthy, and that's on them. I so I I don't knock any anybody who's saying hey you know I got vaccinated that's fine mm-hmm. what what I do not like is when people try to force me to do it right when right. they don't even know how this affects me like you don't know what I'm allergic to you don't know what's going on in my body you don't know all these things you don't you don't know my medical history so the best you can say is you know what Maurice how about you just consult your doctor and I would say Thank you very much. And then we'll move on. And that's all that needs to be said. That's all that needs to be said. Like yeah, yeah. Le- legitimately, that's that's all that needs to be said. I have no I have no issue with people having those conversations. I mean, if 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 my wife came to me tonight and said, Hey, you know what? I love you. I really feel like we need to get vaccinated. And I was like, I would say, you know what? If you feel like you you need to, we'll do the research, we'll sit down, we'll discuss some things. We'll go. Let, let's go talk to a doctor. We'll figure all that stuff out, and then if after all of that you still feel like you want to be vaccinated, by all means do so. It's going to take a lot of a lot of information for for me to change my mind, but mainly that's because I just distrust everybody and everything, and I don't even like taking ibuprofen. Like let's be real. Like I don't I I don't take medicine to begin yeah. with. So <laughs> it, it, it's like I don't get my flu shot every year. Right. Right. I, what, I, when I'm sick, sick, my wife's like, hey, just take some medicine. I'm like, no, I'm going to let my body suffer through this, and we're going to be stronger when we get on the other side of this. So that that's why I am the way that I am. It, it is not some of this. I, mean, I, I am vaccinated for other things. I'm not just some anti-vax or whatnot. But I'm. it takes a lot of, a lot, like, even what, so like I have, like, chest pains often, or whatnot, almost to the point to where, like, it hurts to breathe and so forth. And even then, even then, I'm like, I still don't want to take anything. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm going to suffer through it. Maybe it only gets to the point where, what's that? I said maybe a statin or something. That yeah. that does sound like you know a concern for a doctor, but you know, yeah, it it, it does. And, and but I know what it is. Okay, I've oh, yeah. had it checked out. All right, there you go. So and 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 so I'm, I'm like, the only thing that works are anti-inflammatories. Mm-hmm. But I'm even skeptic to take those because I always feel like if I take too much. My body's going to become immune to immune to it, and then I've got to take more, and I've got to take more, and then th- that's just how I think. Like mm-hmm. it's it's it, I I don't I, I don't necessarily like oh medicine is bad and modern right, like right. I, I, please 
Do not hear that. Don't no. have everybody. I'm like, I don't want everybody thinking. Oh yeah, Maurice hates modern medicine, and he's he's over there going to to Africa to get all of his medicine because he gets the the um his his medicine from a cherry tree and and a fig tree down in the Saharan desert that grows only from the springs of this random this random spring that pops up out of nowhere. That's a tree of life. Like I don't want anybody thinking that. That sounds that's like how a lucrative money making opportunity, though. The Pfizer <laughs> tree. There's only one. Yes. Yeah, Done. there we go. Done. They got it. We'll do it. So I'm not anti-vax. I'm not anti-anything. Just consult with doctors and don't force me to do something that I don't want to do. It's that simple. Yeah. It's that simple. Yep. Yeah. And again, it's it's one of those things where this is basic and it, it would be so easy. Even now, even now, the administration, public health, they have a chance to declare victory. Now, what should have happened is before they should have been honest about how the vaccines are really great at preventing severe symptoms and death and almost yep. everyone. Um, but they weren't. Uh, but what we can do now is we can gently scrub away the part because we can memory holding works great. Google's really on that. So memory hole all the parts where people said you won't get COVID if you get vaccinated and say, you know what, this is another virus that's going to be seasonal and we have defeated the deadliest aspects of it. And, you know, yay America, yay Pfizer, yay Moderna, uh, yay all these people who are also members of leadership and, and bureaucracy. And declare victory and get the economy back up. I mean, it's 2022. It's an election year. You've got a yep. coalition to maintain. Yep. So I don't know. I, I, I really don't see the, the self-interest in, in perpetuating the hysteria. All they've got to do is Mandela effect it. Mandela. Don't know how they would do the, the Mandela effect of everybody. Like everybody thought Nelson Mandela died in prison oh, when right, he yeah. actually didn't. Yeah, like, yeah. and so like the whole, uh, like th th there are certain things where I was like, I saw, I like Looney Tunes. It was spelled that everybody thought tunes was spelled T O O N S, but it's actually T U N E S. Oh yeah. So forth. So like you can net Mandela effect COVID-19 just Again. say, no, I mean, you just whitewash everything. Say, no, we weren't saying that, that like, that that's what the misinformation was and google takes everything down like they do and you just say hey here's how we do this you mandela affect it and then five years down the road everybody says no that's not what happened this is what happened you're like no 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 and then you look it up and you're like hold up what that's all you got to do and we move on but hey they don't listen to us nobody listens to us someday because we're but it is what it is but that is it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of Civil Discord. Um, we thank you for putting up with, with our lovely um, Texas history and, and fourth grade uh, history classes and, and going over Civil War and all of that stuff. It was so much fun. Um, I definitely feel like this was a great episode. I, um, please. I will speak to reporters about the Civil War thing, by the way. You can get in touch yes. with me. Yeah, I, can, I'll, I can do an expose. I'll do a tell-all. Uh, I am a media whore, so I will talk to you. Sorry, go on. Yes. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. So um, if you're out there, you're a journalist, and, and, and you want to get the lowdown on the Civil War effect, please, please, please um, share this with somebody who is um, a journalist. Share this with your friends, your family, your loved ones, those who have had the Omicron and those who have survived it and those who haven't had it. Anybody who's had COVID, definitely share the last um, 29 episodes with them. 
do the do the do the 30 episode challenge catching up to us doing all that share the show with a family or friend leave us a rating and review on apple uh podcast five stars if you think we're worth it and i know we are more than we are more than worth five stars but that's a max that they will let you give us um leave all your feedback in that review uh share on spotify wherever you catch your your podcast i know there's a lot of places to actually listen to podcasts nowadays so do all of that we'll be back again with another episode of civil discord until then y'all be easy stay fierce and i forgot to add follow us on instagram and on twitter and all those things and i'll add it back again as we end it as always y'all be easy stay fierce